Hey, it's Chell. And Josh. And welcome, welcome to, to the Unstuck, Unstuck Institute. Institute. Stuck in a day job you hate? Not sure how to start and grow your own business? The Unstuck Institute podcast is all about helping you take your next step on the road to working for yourself. Hey, Unstuckers, Josh here. We are bringing you another fascinating and exciting episode uh, where we interview somebody. This week, we're going to interview Emily Elmore, a solopreneur and total badass. Emily is an engineer, motor enthusiast, and former Air Force pilot with a passion for coding and creative design. When a catastrophic injury forced her from the cockpit, she accommodated her limited mobility by pivoting to data analysis. She built a team of designers, marketers, and web developers to form Moto Doll Marketing, a brand development and web design firm in Pensacola, Florida. Welcome, Emily. Hey, thank hey. you so much for having me. Definitely. We're totally excited to be able to talk to you. Now, you know Celestina off, offline, right? That's right. Yeah, we actually met at a young professional marketing um, and networking opportunity, and that was uh, right after I had been medically retired due to that injury. And so I was looking to jump into being a business owner and we kind of found each other right at the right time. Awesome. Well, tell us a little bit more about your story, where you come from, what you wanted to be when you grew up and uh, how you got to where you are today. Yeah. So I actually didn't know that I was going to be a techie. I started out really loving song and dance. I did musical theater for a long time. I was a total creative and then as I started to grow up, I realized there wasn't really a lot of money that was going to be available for that. And I had a lot of big dreams in terms of getting a degree, um, but not a lot of ways to pay for it. So when it became clear that I was pretty successful in math and science, I had an opportunity to compete for some pretty big scholarships. And that was how I was going to be able to pay for college. So there I was going to go to college and not only was I given the opportunity to go on a full ride, but the Air Force said, hey, if you want to do this, um, there's a pretty good opportunity that you can be a pilot. And Embry-Riddle at the same time said, not only that, we'll pay for you to go through um, this engineering program that you want and also uh, go through our flying program. Now, I thought that I was going to be able to do all of these things. And as it turns out, I was not. <laughs> the programs were very robust, each of those programs. There's no way I could do both. Um, so I decided to stick with the engineering program because I wanted the opportunity to go into the Air Force, do my four years there, possibly um, do some stuff with space, and then pivot over to NASA because I've always been just completely intrigued um, by the stars. My dad used to tell me, he's like, hey, know the difference between the astronomer and the astronaut. And I didn't know what that meant as a kid, but as I grew up, I realized he was challenging me to consider somebody who dreams and somebody who does. And somebody who who looks, um, you know, above them and tries to understand the world around them. And then somebody who takes that one step further by applying it in a way that really means something to them and maybe the community around them. And so I, you know, took that to heart. And then I decided, yeah, like, I'm actually going to do this, like, not just figuratively with space, but actually with space. And so I did that, but I fell in love with flying. And so sure enough, I'm like, you know what, well, maybe I'll actually be an astronaut then. So nice. here I am, like complete solutions of grandeur. Um, I go in and I get the pilot slot. Sure enough, I compete. I do really well through pilot training. I'm doing 
um, also, you know, progressing really well through my career. And my expectation was that I was going to get my instructor certifications. And then because I have this background in engineering, I'm eligible to go to test pilot school. Most of our astronauts who fly um, the different craft do come from test pilot school in the military. So that was the, you know, trajectory that I expected to do. Um, but then we're kind of right in the middle of this, right? Like all these big dreams that are actually coming to fruition. I lost the use of my right arm and it was devastating because this also happened right after I became a new mom. So not only is being an astronaut out of the picture, uh, at this time, I'm also being told that I'm probably not going to ever be able to fly again. And not only that, my husband, who's also a new father, is having to take care of me because I'm not even capable of taking care of myself. Forget about taking care of a new baby. I can't lift the baby. I can't hold the baby. I can't change my baby. I can't bathe my baby um, because I can barely do these things for myself. So all of this happened and it really forced a reckoning on me in terms of me trying to figure out who I am, what I'm all about, what I want to be and why that matters. And so kind of through that process, I had a little bit of times I went through that medical board to realize what was true and what wasn't. And then to try to put that into practice as soon as I was out of the military and looking for my next big adventure. Wow. That is, that is quite the story there. <laughs> it's super heavy and I love it. I get chills every time I hear it. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's awesome. And I, you know, you, you speak to something there where a lot of people, when they have the time, whether it's forced like you or, or it's often, I guess, in different ways forced upon people, when they have the time to reevaluate what's important in their life, they uh, often find they, they make a pretty big pivot, at least the people we've been talking to in this podcast and, and others, a lot of people have made quite the pivot. You've come a long way from musical theater. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know what? I mean, my kids though, they would a hundred percent believe it because uh, we do a lot of Disney renditions every night. <laughs> oh, so you, you still got the musical theater in you. See. That's right. And then uh, I, I do too. You know, it's okay. <laughs> if Frozen comes on, you know, like they don't even call it Elsa. They're like, oh, hey, hey, look, mommy's on. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. <laughs> Our favorites. Yeah. Excellent. I feel like I've never told you this, Josh, but I was a thespian in high school, stage oh, manager. Yeah. See, that's why right. we must have connected as well, right? This is, <laughs> this is the X theaters crew right here. Um, <laughs> well, awesome. Uh, well, tell us more about uh, the starting of your Motodoll marketing. Yeah. So Motodoll marketing started because I had to determine if I was even capable of jumping back into a nine to five job. Um, because of the issues that I had, this kind of, you know, medical anomaly that snowballed with my arm, um, I had a lot of nerve damage that went along with that and a lot of atrophy that was happening with the arm. And because of that, I had to go to physical therapy quite a bit to try to retain as much use as I could. Plus, I was in a lot of pain and the nerve damage was extensive. It went through my entire um, brachial plexus, which is responsible for use of your arm, but also goes into your neck, your back, your ribs, down into your chest. So, you know, almost a quarter of my body was just in excruciating pain all day long. And I was quite, you know, frankly, not willing to go into a nine to five job where somebody was going to make me feel guilty for not getting to a spreadsheet because I had to go to the doctor. <laughs> so I was like, all right, looks like I'm going to have to go into business for myself then if I still want to be able to contribute financially to the household because I'm, I'm not going to put myself into another position 
working for somebody else where I can't accommodate my health, um, especially when my health is so integral to being able to take care of my family, not just financially, but also, you know, like emotionally and mentally and all these other things, which that's a struggle to do when you're in, you know, a lot of pain every single day. And now if you're also dealing with feelings of guilt or inadequacy because of your workplace, that's a big deal. You want to be able to not have that on top of it because you want to be mentally and emotionally present for your family as well, in my opinion. So um, because of that, that was really what was the catalyst for for starting my own business. And Moto Doll was, you know, kind of this uh, creation actually out of a podcast, <laughs> oddly enough. Um, because, yeah, that's right. Um, because I was looking at doing everything kind of from the militaristic point of view, where as a pilot, we do what we call objective analysis. We determine what our objective is. And for me, I flew C-130s. So it was usually dropping people or stuff on a landing zone somewhere. And so you start there and you work your way backwards. You try to determine, you know, when you need to be there, you know, what kinds of resources are going to make that happen and then what's going to prevent you from getting there. And so because of that unique skill set, And because I had been an assistant director of operations up until that point, I had a lot of experience working with people looking at projects and mission sets that, you know, need to be optimized. And because I have this engineering background, I said, well, cool, I'll just do this optimization for small to mid-market sized businesses the way that these large businesses want to pay me um, to do, you know, for like a a single um, objective that they have. I'll, I'll do this, you know, across many different types of business um, types, but like I said, in small to mid-market business. And quite frankly, uh, none of them were interested in that because they have very limited funds. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, wow, this sounds so boring. Like, there's no way I'm paying you to do this. <laughs> and you're like, no, but it's really important, guys. Like, we got to do it, you know? And like, sure, um, you know, maybe, maybe if I can just get this amount of people in in the next month. This is something I could think about, but I'm not even at this point. And so it's like, oh, well, you know, tell me. So I started doing it, you know, just kind of naturally from there where it's like, oh, well, you know, tell me what you want to achieve in the next month and what resources you have to do it. And let's talk about allocating those resources in the most effective way. And so, you know, I was doing that kind of um, in a way that applied more often than not to marketing because people were wanting to get customers in to their digital storefronts or their physical, you know, storefronts um, in order to make more money, right? So they can live their big dream too and, and do everything right by their their goals and their family. And so, you know, I'm thinking about this, but I don't really know the right way to get it out to everybody. And it's causing me a little bit of stress because I have no idea how I'm going to, um, you know, set this up in a way that resonates with the people that I want to work with. And that was important to me that I stick with small and mid-market-sized businesses. And so to do something fun, um, I decided to start the podcast that was, you know, completely unrelated to the business. And I just wanted to talk about, you know, I I like to say like, you know, cars, trucks, planes, things that go. And so that's why the Moto Doll started and why it has the name it does is because I'm, you know, this chick that's talking about all these things with motors in them um, with friends of mine that I've, you know, either grown up with or have, you know, gone through the military with or have had some other kind of like, you know, motor story with. And pretty soon what I realized while we're doing this is that it's not so much about the motor, although there's a lot of fun and a lot of thrill in talking about, you know, these things that get us from place to place or give us these really great experiences, but it's actually about the people behind the experience. And that was something that really started to kind of change the way that I thought about business as well, because then it wasn't just 
you know, a straight up business objective that I'm trying to fulfill. It's no kidding, a goal, like a personal goal of theirs that they're trying to come to fruition, right? A thought made manifest. And they're doing this through this vehicle that is their business. And so all of a sudden we started to talk about business as well for those people that had, you know, a lot of folks have like, you know, kind of the side hustle, freelance gig economy um, type thing. So even folks that had like kind of their nine to five, it's like, man, if you, if you could do anything, if you could go anywhere, like what would that be, you know, and what would the vehicle of, of that reinvention look like? And kind of in the process of doing that, I realized Motodol was kind of becoming the vehicle of my own reinvention. Right. I mean, and so like, man, this is like, this is it. Like I'm really onto something here. And so that was the start of really understanding what motivated people was that podcast. And then being able to talk to folks that are looking to start their own business or are in the middle of it, but are maybe encountering some roadblocks or even those that have a pretty good operation, but are looking to take it to the next level. All of a sudden now I could talk to them in a way that is exciting. That is talking about who they are and where they want to be and where they want to go in a vehicle that's going to get them there and doing that in a way that, you know, now I can start to bring in some of those technical pieces with that engineering background that allows them um, to start to see returns that are much higher, you know, than, than what people were seeing, just kind of using automated tools that are great, but really still need kind of that expertise behind it to optimize it. I love that. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> hey, Chell, okay. remind me next time I want to complain to you about something or a problem in my life, like just not to. Because <laughs> <laughs> Emily is like overcome and made the best uh, of every situation she's come across based on this story. <laughs> this is great. Dude, this is like the best story during like the insanity that's happening in the world right now to show you that like, as humans, we have the cap- we have the capability if and if we have the drive to overcome, and I think that's huge. So, what are some of the I guess what are some of your fun projects that you're working on now that, like after all of this, um, have kind of come into fruition, and this is like your zone as a solopreneur doing your thing. Yeah, so I think the one that I really want to highlight right now is um, this this company called Navit. And they're almost a perfect example of what you just said, where people are encountering something that is preventing them from moving forward. And the resiliency that exists within all of us um, really comes together in a way that just surprises and astounds and empowers. And so that's something I'm very excited about. And I definitely want to talk about it because our team has become part of their team, especially in this crazy time of coronavirus, which I think is also important to highlight. So basically, as I'm starting out with Motodoll, I am looking at ways to optimize different businesses. And in the process of doing that, a doctor friend of mine asks me to do that personally for someone who was close to her. And she was very happy with those results. And so she recommended me to a nonprofit that's based out of Los Angeles. And through that relationship and them getting the kinds of um, results that they were hoping for. One of their people was a a marketing expert and CMO for a startup out there on the West Coast. And so just a fortuitous circle of events for me, I ended up getting um, procured by this this startup, Nabit. And kind of through this process, it was really amazing to watch them grow as well because the team that was part of Navit 
had been inside of these circles over on the West Coast for some time, and they realized being on the front end of the millennial generation like myself, that our generation really had a hard time understanding the value of money separate from kind of the evils of money. The idea that for so long, the mentality that goes into money is you either need to, you know, set it up and in, in a way that doesn't screw it up, right? Or if you're going to try to actively make money, it's a zero sum game. Somebody's getting screwed somewhere. Right? And I think that we kind of saw that because those of us who were going through college, you know, in the 2000s, especially those, I mean, I was no kidding in school during 2008. Um, you know, so was my husband. He was part of the graduating group that all of a sudden didn't have a job waiting for them. And you see just how bad decisions made by former generations that were very self-serving ultimately screwed their grandkids, right? So that was kind of our first foray into understanding money negatively. And there was all of this anxiety that was built up around it as well, you know, and around the economy generally because of the global war on terrorism. And that's something obviously that both my husband and myself have been deeply entrenched in having gone into the military, you know, right in 2009, 2010. So we were part, you know, of, of kind of like, you know, the middle of all of that. And so I think there's a lot of anxiety and a lot of fear and a lot of stress that goes into being a millennial generally, because we want to do right by our parents. We want to do right by our siblings. We want to do right by our partners. We want to do right by our kids because a lot of us are in our thirties and have children. And we haven't necessarily had a positive experience through our adult lives. And so that was something that, you know, we've really been encountering at Navit. Like how do we change this narrative around money in a way that makes people feel confident, not just around their personal finances, but in a way that allows them to grow positively and also not just by themselves, but with their community, something they can be proud of to do right by themselves, to do right by their families, to do right by their friends, to do right by their neighborhoods, but then to also be part of this, this larger like corporate social construct where it doesn't have to be zero sum. All of us can help each other and benefit each other, where we go from the scarcity mentality that has driven all of our business decisions for decades into one of abundance. And so that's really where we are right now. And that's that's pretty exciting to be a part of because you're talking about something that changes like, like I mean, fundamentally at the very building blocks of what people are able to achieve because money funds so much of what we do. And when you're living hand to mouth, you're focusing, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You're focusing on just making sure that everybody's basic survival is accounted for. But what if it can be better than that? Like, what if we can do that and also thrive, but thrive on our terms? Not where we're just growing for the sake of growth, but growing around the goals that bring us real joy, true joy, whether that's growing a family, growing a business, or, you know, doing something else like an experience, whether that's travel or, you know, living uh, under like a different type of neighborhood. Like, if you want to be part of that, giving yourself the ability to do that, you're not, you know, limited what has been done it's it's really as big as you want to make it now i'm just like sitting back and taking notes i don't (laughs) (laughs) i feel like this is an actual interview we can learn from this is amazing (laughs) oh good well yeah yeah, i mean like i said it's one of those things where it's you know self-serving it's like check it out but 
you know, I mean, it's, it's really one of those things where this has been a complete labor of love. So what's really wonderful about it is that, you know, their marketing uh, CMO, you know, is leveraging our team for editorial, for uh, paid. So we're doing, you know, search engine marketing, but we're also doing paid across different uh, app stores, Google Play, you know, we're doing that plus social media, we're doing a lot. So it's really allowing us to explore the space in terms of our capabilities. And when we do well, they give us more latitude to do more. And then when that happens, then they're, you know, performing better as well. And so the team has been able to grow and it's exciting for us. It's exciting for them. It's fun because our team, um, our app developer is, is a guy, but the team is generally women. Um, and so that's really cool to see as well, because we like to, you know, what we've been saying is, you know, it's, it's finance made by women, wealth for all. So it's not just like, you know, made by women for women, but it's really, you know, it's made by women for everyone. And that's something that I think is important, you know, for folks to say, this doesn't matter. You know, it's gender, the gender conversation is important, women have been left out of that conversation, but so have people of color, so have people part of the LGBTQ community. You know, there's so many people that have been disenfranchised in terms of like the normal, like financial environment that this doesn't need to be part of just one community. This doesn't, this doesn't belong to one particular community or one particular demographic, right? Like this belongs to everybody. Like everybody can benefit from abundance mentality. Like everybody should be able to utilize the tools that are available inside of the finance, you know, construct in order to build life on their terms, whatever that is, you know, whatever goals that they have. And so I think that that's really the message here is that like, it's, it's true that all of these different communities have been disenfranchised, but it's because we don't know the rules of the game that we can't change the rules of the game. But what if you have those tools available to you and you can like radically like remake the world in your image, you know, like, and millennials have been doing that. You want to go and open up a store online and sell ceramic cats. You can do that and support yourself. Like how amazing is that? <laughs> like that wasn't capable 20 years ago, right? But now we can do it. You can do whatever you want. You can be whoever you want to be. And it's really just as, as big as you're willing to dream it because the tools are now so accessible. It's so true. Honestly, we wouldn't be able to do this right now if, <laughs> if it was like 20 years ago. That's right. Which is right? insanity. I mean, forget, 2008 was the first smartphone. Mm-hmm. Right? Not that long ago. It's wild. Yeah. The, the amount of uh, friends I have right now with all the coronavirus and stuff being uh, laid off or at least part-time or at least for a short term out of work uh, who are now like able to like, well, I guess I'm going to start really working on that Etsy shop I've had in the back of my brain and, and stuff like that. Like these are not options that, that were available to us 20 years ago during a, a pandemic, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I think it's, it's one of those things where this is also an opportunity to see, you know, what can I do now to establish, you know, like where, where am I, where do I want to be? And then how do I fill that gap? Right. So general gap analysis a lot of people get scared during these times because the economy is uncertain when you have all of these different things. Cause like people markets don't like uncertainty. And so you start to see the panic that goes around the market and it's like, well, how really invested in the market are you? Are you a day trader? Is your entire job centered around this? Right. Those guys are really screwed in the short term, but in the long term, 
um, you're still worried about it because you've got 401ks. So even if you don't dabble, you've got your investment products and all these types of things that you're hoping to be able to draw on. Or maybe, you know, for me, something that was just heartbreaking for us is that we've got our five, two nines for our kids for college savings mm-hmm. and they were growing really well. And then they've just tanked. Right. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden now the money that we've put into those, we don't have that money available. Luckily our kids are so young that we have plenty of time to build that back up. Yeah. But these are the things that people focus on with money. Cause again, we've got decades of scarcity mentality. So now all of a sudden we're seeing what's taken away as opposed to what's possible. And so you're, friends that are thinking to themselves, what are some other ways that I can make money? Well, take a look at that budget, determine what you can afford, what you can't. And then if you want to keep your lifestyle the way it is, and you're not making enough money, find ways to make more money. And the internet is this wonderful opportunity to to make more money. Um, It's just a matter of getting access to tools, right? So is it something like a personal loan that you need? Is it that access to capital that's preventing you from making the leap? Or is it access to technology? And is it really access to technology or your inability um, to utilize the technology that exists because courses have up till now been unavailable. But now because of COVID-19, all of these different um, companies and organizations are making those courses free. Harvard's yeah. making stuff free. MIT's making stuff free just for people to go out and learn. So these barriers that have existed prior to the virus are now all of a sudden being lessened or, you know, completely removed. And so even if you don't have the ability to make money on something right now, if you're going to be able to save money by not having to pay for that coursework or something else, that ultimately is still investment that you're making that isn't actually monetary at this point because you're having to shell that out. It's just time investment. But now you can save whatever money would have cost you otherwise, and you can put that towards your, your new exciting thing, right? Your next step. Yeah. So I agreed. Think the, the time yeah. is now to, uh, to learn for free or cheap with all these sales going on. Um, a lot of people have some extra time on their hands, not everybody, but some people do. And, um, yeah, there's, there's a big shakeup happening in the world right now, obviously. And, uh, but there's a lot of tools we have cause it's 2020 and, more tools coming online all the time that, that make now's the time. If you got something you want to start, you know, my dad would always say, um, the way you change. No, no, that's not right. My dad would always say the way, no, 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 it's gone. It's gone. (laughs) The things your dad would have said in this moment. (laughs) (laughs) Good try. Good try. It's going to be really insightful and it's gone. (laughs) (laughs) Continue, guys. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> I think that's that's a pretty good place to uh, start wrapping it up. Emily, is there anything else you want to tell us about uh, your business and where people can find you? So you can check us out online at motodoll.marketing. Yes, that is .marketing, not .com. Part of being in 2020 is that we have a lot of internet available to us. So because we're called Motodal Marketing, we thought that that would be fun. We are only by referral only at this time. So you can send us messages. You can ask us questions. We like to engage with our community. We are on social to a point, but ultimately, you know, we're out there grinding it out for our clients so they can learn a little bit more about us there. I do some speaking, um, but like I said, you know, really the thing that, that I would want people to do is check out Navit because I think that that is something that they can, you know, start to learn from and get access to tools right now. If they're thinking about becoming a solopreneur, an entrepreneur, you know, getting into business with their buddy, 
if you're unsure of how to structure your business or how to get capital for a business or the types of decisions you want to make in terms of, you know, like, when do I need a lawyer? You know, what types of um, ways can I do, you know, do like a, an IRA versus, you know, 401k? Do I have employees or do I not? All these kinds of questions that are really overwhelming and the kind that might prevent somebody from jumping into owning a business like this app not only gets you the financial resources for it, but gives you the community resources to build something that is so important to the future of our generation, especially. But I mean, really, I think in in terms of like, you know, for the small business owner, I think that these tools are game changers. So, you know, do check that out, navitmoney.com or nav.it on Google Play or the App Store. That's huge. I feel like as entrepreneurs, that's kind of the last thing you think about paying yourself. You know what I mean? For for me, at least the first couple of years, I just wanted to keep the business afloat. And like a 401k was the last thing on my mind. But thinking about it early on and setting those goals early on, I think is really important. So that's that's going to be a great resource for people. Yeah, I hope so. Three questions. One, what is your bucket list travel destination? This would have to be Antarctica. It's probably the closest I can get to space. And I could go down through Argentina to get there. And I've always wanted to, I don't know, like ride a horse across the Pampas. I just think it'd be super awesome. That sounds sounds great. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. If you could choose, what would be your last meal? Boring, but I would want it to be steak and lobster. I was born in Texas. I'm going to die in Maine. So it's a perfect combination. (laughs) (laughs) For some reason, my mind just went to Lego Batman. (laughs) watched a lot of that (laughs) all right and last rapid fire question what is your favorite hobby that doesn't make you money gotta be singing i wish it made me a little bit of money but then maybe it wouldn't be my favorite hobby (laughs) so you're saying the three of us need to record a song of some sort that's what i'm hearing yeah probably a parody of something (laughs) big fan of disney (laughs) and a one and a two no (laughs) All right. Well, thanks so much, Emily, for joining us this week. We really appreciate your time. And yeah, your thanks so much for having me. Yeah. I don't know about you, Josh, but for half of that, I was speechless because it was amazing. That wasn't even an uh, interview as much as it was a TED Talk. Like, I was just sitting back taking notes. It's time for a recap. One, work backwards from the end objective. Two, from scarcity to abundance, growing around the goals that bring us true joy. Three. Build your life on your terms. And that's a wrap on episode 29. Thanks again to our special guest, Emily Elmore. We'll be back next week. Website and show notes are at www.unstuck.institute. Remember to follow us on Instagram at unstuck.institute. And if you love our podcast, we'd love for you to help us out. Leave us for review in iTunes or Apple Podcasts, and it really helps out the show, guys. For instructions on how to do so, check out our website, unstuck.institute. Talk to you next week when we will be discussing a bias for action. Hey, Chell, you want to try that again? So my dad always says, change the way you look at things and the things you look at change. Emilio Brunetti. Unless he stole the quote from somewhere else. Unless he stole the quote from somewhere else. (laughs) (laughs) Right.